What is it that inspires you this season of the year? As you think about what it is, now make sure not to miss it, okay? Make sure not to miss that thing, whatever it is. If you've got to watch Charlie Brown Christmas or whatever it is, make sure you don't miss that. Um, if you, if the, as Nadine said, if, you, if it's giving for you, make sure you give. Now, so there are some words that I think are, are singularly appropriate for this season of the year. I, I think, I think, I never quite understand the word wonderful till I think about the Christmas story. It's just full of wonder. You, you got you to gotta catch that word and its real meaning and context. It's just wonderful, the things that we celebrate. Uh, awesome. Uh, it may be that the word glorious is mostly identified with this time of year. Um, anyway, so isn't it good, I think at least, that we can spend some time uh, in, in the book of Psalms. So we're going to finish that a little bit today in the last two Psalms, 149, 150, unless you think that's a lot. That's about 11 verses or something we're going to study. Um, and then next week, I want to take a sense, it will be the last time we're together before Christmas, uh, I want to take us to Isaiah 9, which may be my favorite passage to read this time of year. So I'll take you there next week. Now, let me give you a little bit of, a little bit of background. And then, Steve, I'm going to have you read, if you would, please, the first five verses of Psalm 149 in just a minute. Now, so um, we're at the end of, remember I said it's divided into five books, and you can see that marked in the superscript. Um, before several passages in, in the book of Psalms. And, and so we're at the end of book five. Um, uh, it's going to take us there to the end of book five, obviously. Uh, they're not really disconnected one, uh, one from the other, quite the opposite. Uh, it's interesting. A theme of book four kind of is no matter what the problem is, God is still king. So to follow that up, book five follows with assurances that he one day... Now, think about this, guys. Rhonda, you and I are praying this on the way to church this morning. Book five, so that's... Uh, it begins with Psalm 145. Kind of ends with the thought that one of these days, God is going to make all things right. And so by the time we get to Psalm 150, therefore, we ought to praise the Lord. Okay, uh, kind of ends with an extended doxology. Actually, 149, 150 kind of go together. So this Psalm 149 and 50 are um, two of those five psalms known as the praise conclusion to the, to the psalms as a whole, um, 146 to 150. Uh, interesting, there are three things that are in common with all five of those. They're all anonymous. We're not really sure who wrote them. Um, they were very likely, and this is going to be important for our study today, they're very likely composed after the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem um, the, uh, between 515 and 444 B.C. Uh, and then the third thing is they're going to begin and end with the phrase, praise the Lord. So it's kind of important for us to kind of get that. We'll define that in a little bit. Uh, they are set probably written in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah. So if you've read those two historical books, 
to kind of know what was going on there. It was a time of the dominance of Persia over the nation. Uh, and Jewish life was really difficult during this period. Um, but you start thinking then that these last five Psalms really are the idea of a new beginning as they come back and as they restore the temple and restore a little bit of a semblance of normal life. Uh, a new beginning and the thrill of restoration resulted naturally and appropriately in the need for new songs to sing. So you'll say, you'll hear him say, uh, sing a new song. Let's start this then. Steve, if you will, read the first five verses of Psalm 149. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with tambourine and harp. For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with salvation. Let the saints rejoice in this honor and sing for joy on their beds. Now, when I was growing up in youth camp, Janet, did you ever go to youth camp in Bristow? You never went to Bristow Youth Camp. <laughs> you know, that makes sense. My mom typically would cook, and so she'd drag me along. She and Sister Noss, you know, would, would cook. Um, but I remember we would always sing this song, and maybe in youth groups and that kind of thing. Uh, hallelujah, 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 praise you the Lord. Okay, uh, so I figured you knew that song. You couldn't be in the church of God and not know that old kind of chorus song. But so the, the word, begin, the, the yes. chapter here, the 149th Psalm, begins with hallelujah. Okay, a compound expression, really two words um, that uh, seems here uh, um, that they always go together. So 24 times. In, um, in the Psalms, beginning with 104, so go to 104, we'll go to 104.35. It's going to use it the first time here. Let sinners be consumed from the earth, and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord of my soul. Hallelujah. In Hebrew. Okay. Hallelujah. Okay. And then it ends 150 verse 6, which is the last verse of all the Psalms that are in our Bibles, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay? That's kind of how it works. Now, compound expression, hallelujah, is praise, an invitation to praise. And yah is a shortened version of kind of the formal name for God himself, Yahweh. Okay? Hallelujah. Yah, praise ye the Lord. Um, so uh, now you can tell people when you go home today, you know, whoever you meet for lunch, tell them uh, you know some Hebrew. <laughs> One more, a couple of words, but you know a couple of words in Hebrew. Yeah. Um, all right. That and Selah, which you'll see in here a lot, which is pause. Selah. Okay. Yeah, there you go. So now you know three words in Hebrew, so you're good. It seems, though, look at the end of that verse. It seems to me 
Sing to the Lord a new song. Remember we said what they're doing together, rebuilding, is cause for um, a new ways of expressing praise. Sing to the Lord a new song. And then it ends with, and his praise in the congregation of the godly ones. So the idea here is, it seems here to me that the, we're to praise the Lord together. The word sing itself is a plural expression. In other words, it is y'all sing. <laughs> y'all sing. That, that's if you're from southern Israel, I guess. But yeah, uh, <laughs> sing plural to the Lord. Okay, got it? So it sounds like we're supposed to do this together. Now, look at verse 2. God is seen here as not only the creator, but it would stand a reason to me, if he is the creator, then he ought to rule over it. And so the psalmist kind of gives that idea in the second verse. Let Israel be glad. So um, there's a parallel thing. Let the sons of Zion. So when it's talking about Israel, the sons of Zion, that's the same thing. It's the nation. Let us be glad in our maker and let us rejoice in our king. Now, we got to read a couple of sections that help us unpack that. So, John, can I get you to look at Isaiah 43, 15? That'll give you practice for finding Isaiah 9 next week. By the way, I had to look up a verse in Haggai this week. I stood on my head before I found it. Haggai 2, 7. So, don't be, don't be embarrassed. I had to go back to the table of contents and all that kind of stuff. Haggai, I was just stuck in between a couple of things and I couldn't find it. Rhonda, since you're a special fan of Samuel and you're reading in your quiet time there, would you go to Samuel, 1 Samuel 12, 12. Now, here's the idea. When it says to us in verse 2, let Israel be glad, that is not a word of permission, let. It is in the book of Hebrew, in, in, in the language of the Hebrews, it is a command. It's not... Well, it's all right. <laughs> it's not all right. It's all right to be glad in our maker. It is be glad. It's a command here. Um, it's kind of in Hebrew. So if he uh, is creator, then he is king. So, Rhonda, can you read 1 Samuel 12, 12? And when you saw that Nahash, the king of the Ammonites, came against you, you said to me, No, but a king shall reign over us when the Lord your God was your king. So this is Samuel talking. He is getting a little spanking. You saw somebody else had a king. You wanted one. But all the while, the Lord was really your king. Okay, that, that, that's really important here, and especially in that context of history, because they were asking for a king, and Samuel allows them to have one. God allowed them to have one, but he's just reminded them, God is really your king. John, read a um, similar idea expressed in Isaiah 43. I am the Lord, your holy one, Israel's creator, your king. I am God, your king. Okay, so if you need to use the term, and it, it doesn't translate well into, into 2021 U.S., I am your president. Nah, that doesn't really work as well, does it? King was a sovereign. Do whatever they want to do. Had 
um, sovereign rule. We really don't quite understand that in our culture. But so if he is the creator, then he is also king. That's kind of the idea here. God is seen here, verse 2, as creator and king. So it's saying because of those kinds of things, our praise should be, and our praise should be joyful. Now, it's interesting. He mentions here praising him with dancing and with uh, timbrel and lyre. So timbrel <laughs> is like a tambourine, okay? And I'm just going to tell you, okay, maybe this will work for Sherman Huff, but you don't want to see me doing anything with dancing. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's not pretty. It's just you can't unsee me trying to dance. But if I was really happy, really rejoicing, my feet might get a little busy. Okay? Praise him joyfully is kind of the thought in verse 3. Our praise ought to be joyfully, joyful. Okay, but I'm going to read verse 4 out loud again. And I want you to think, what does this mean to you? For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the afflicted ones with salvation. Any thoughts come to mind there? That's a really good word. Yes. Especially in context. So Miriam, let's think about they were coming back from um, Persian exile. Okay. Um, started in Babylon, but the Persians overtook the Babel, the Babylonians. And they sent a bunch of them back to rebuild. Do you think they came back? feeling all high and mighty? I don't think so. They hadn't been home in generations, and they came back humbled. But the psalmist says, give us victory who've been humbled. Uh, I, I think that's really, really good, Miriam. I think you picked up right, right up on that. Um, uh, they came back kind of pushed down. And so the psalmist is, is reminding them, um, God's with us. He is going to lift up the humble. By the way, there's a lots of that sentiment in, uh, in the age of Roman captivity when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. There's a lot of conversation then about make us victorious who have been humbled. So look at verse 5. I think there's, there's an expression here that's interesting. And by the way, this is not, okay, this is not permission to make it a regular practice to attend church at Bedside Baptist. You, you ever been there? Reverend Sheets is the pastor there. Okay. It's akin to Lakeside Baptist where Brother Bass preaches, but okay. <laughs> notice that they say here, um, notice he says here, let the godly ones exult in glory. Now the word glory is the word doxa in, in uh, the original languages, uh, which is where we get the word doxology. Let them sing for joy on their beds. Now, that's not permission to go to church in bed, but if you have to, it's the idea here, I think, 
that we need both private and public praise in our lives. Verse 1 through 4 kind of look back. Verse 5 through 9 are kind of looking forward in, in the 149th Psalm. And so uh, the idea here is uh, if you compare verse 5 with verse 1, which verse 1 is saying, come together and praise him. Praise him on your bed as well. Praise him in your, in your private place at well, as well. Both public and private praise are opportunities to sing joyfully and to sing for joy to the Lord. Now, let's read a little bit of 150. Um, um, Steve, can I come back to you since you're still here? You want to read six verses in 150? Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings and flute. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There are at least a couple of different places that it's telling me that I should hallelujah. Okay? Now, let's talk about that for a second. And I want us to go to a couple of places to read. Um, John, I'm going to come back to you if I can and ask you to go to uh, Psalms 8 and read. I'm going to have you read verse 1 and then verse 3 and 4. Did I see Karen back there this morning? Hi, Miss Karen. Welcome back. So good to see you and Eva and, and uh, your niece here today. Help me remember your name. Althea. Sorry, Althea. I know it, but, you know, I don't remember my name some days. So, so good to have you guys back. Karen, can you go to Psalm 19 and read Psalm 19 one in a minute? I know you kind of don't mind reading out loud. I won't pick on you if, you, if, I, if, uh, if I don't know if you mind reading out loud. All right, so... Um, uh, John, if you'd go read one and then jump down to three and four from Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? There is a place that you don't have direct access to, but you can watch it. That is one of God's great, it may be God's greatest sanctuary. The, the, the place where something constantly is, where things are constantly saying, hallelujah. Yeah. In the heavens. Ron and I heard a song, was it yesterday we heard this song? Um, by the sidewalk prophets, which I've, I've seen those guys. I don't know much about them. Um, uh, actually, they're from Anderson, I think. Um, and it's, I don't remember the name of the song, but it, but it's um, it is the star telling his story, his or her story, and saying, "I was created for this to bring." So there, you catch that thought here in uh, Psalm eight. Um, the heavens declare the glory, glory of God. Karen, read 19.1. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. 
I, I got home about 5.30 one evening, and it was um, uh, one of those kind of cool, there was a front coming in, it was kind of cool, and I looked in the west, and it was like the Lord had drawn a painting, and it was the best watercolor, the best oils ever. It was just like, where does he get all that color? You know, and it was just caused by, by a little bit of a, a weather change. The Lord can make that into a painting for you and me. The heavens declare the glory of God. Do you know if you and I never praise him, the stars will. I might as well join him, I think. Hadn't I? Kind of that, that thought here. Um, the magnificence of the heavens should remind me that only God creates that way. And second then, he also mentions the other place. And this is a place where I can get really excited about because I'm allowed to come into, quote, the sanctuary. That's the place that's set apart for me to join the heavens and the stars in praise. So here in, in this place... Uh, we call that place down there, where I'll go to the balcony a little bit, we call that the sanctuary. But the venue is also a sanctuary. The chapel is also a sanctuary. And this season of year, we get all kinds of opportunity to go one place or another and to have this separate sacred space to praise him. Now, I'll tell you a little bit of story of my background. When I was, oh, 12 or 13, my folks helped start a church in Moore. Uh, we didn't live in Moore, we lived in Midwest City. That's how I got to know Herb and Janet. They were attending the church in Midwest City. And we'd visit there some, but that never was really our home church. We, I grew up in Paul's Valley, and for years, after Dad came up here to start the business, for years we would drive on Sunday morning to Paul's Valley. You heard me talk about that. But then when I was a teenager, we kind of helped start a church in Moore, Oklahoma, and our first meeting place was in a J.C. hall. Now, I, I went with the current pastor of that church. The church is thriving and doing really well, what, 50 years later. And um, uh, I went with him and I said, I want to show you the different places we met when we were really brand new. And I took him to the J.C. hall. This is where we first met. And it was the, it, it's much better now, but then it was the nastiest place. You know, uh, bare concrete floor and... Uh, there was an old piano in the corner that we'd kind of pull out, and we'd have to sweep up after a dance or something that was there the night before. And of course, I, I grew up always getting to church. You know, my folks always got to church before anybody got to church, so we kind of part of that deal, sweep, sweeping cups and bottles out of the out of the JC hall, so we could have church there. That was not a place that was dedicated for worship. We had to make it that way every Sunday. The places here, they're set apart for that. How wonderful. The sanctuary, he says, I am too. Praise God. Hallelujah. In his sanctuary. Okay? Or as I kind of emulate or copy what's going on in the mighty expanse in the heavens. Where stars sing the glory of God. Okay. Uh, I'm getting kind of, I'm getting a little uh, preachy here. So let's move on. Verse two, a couple of reasons for us to hallelujah. 
One would be God's acts. So we talked about his creative acts. We talked about um, how uh, creative he is. And when I look at those things, I ought to just naturally stop and say, praise you, Jesus. Praise you, God, for how wonderful you are in your, in your created ability. So praising God for his acts, but also for his character. Um, as I read the 136th Psalm, we won't go there, but, but I invite you to look there this season of the year. It just begins to recount all this history of the great things God has done in history, his mighty acts. But then it also talks a lot about who he is, what he's like. Okay? Can I, can I take something on? Okay? Don't judge me. I'm not going to judge you. Okay? But I hear a lot of prayers that begin sometimes with God, we praise you for who you are. We uh, thank you for who you are. So how it begins, sorry. Think, begins with, we thank you for who you are. The verb there ought to be praise. God is never going to be any different than he is. He doesn't change. So you need to thank him for what he does for you <laughs> and praise him for how he is. Okay. Praise him for what he, for what he does in creation. Praise him for his mighty acts in history. Thank him for what he did for you. Praise him for his consistency and his faithfulness and his goodness. He's never anything but good. Okay? Just, just a little thought. All right? Now, so, we praise him for kind of who he is and what he does. Verse 3, 4, and 5 talk about all kinds of instruments to use in, in praise. Um, so uh, the idea here is I think it's telling us we ought to make some noise. Somebody go to 8915 and read that one out loud. Or somebody go, go back and read 8915. It's going to give us a little bit of the why at least. Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you. We walk in the light of your presence, Lord. Isn't that beautiful? We walk in the light of his presence. One translation says we are blessed by all that. And so we bless him in return. Um, um, we're to make a joyful sound. Now, maybe you're saying to me, so the word that goes to the blank, various instruments will be used. Um, what I want to ask you to do is be careful that you don't get so caught up in the noise of praise as we come together to praise. So noise, I mean that in the best sense of the term. That you forget to join your voice to others. And I'm going to tell you, the Bible says in the book of Psalms to make a joyful noise. If you're singing, <laughs> it's joyful, but it's only a noise. Okay? Not exactly on pitch like Hubert Foster. It's okay to add that noise to the sound of corporate praise. In fact, you're kind of commanded to. Make a joyful noise. All right? Uh, that means for you, and, for you and me, if we weren't, wouldn't be asked to sing a solo on Sunday morning, that's okay. I get, I've got an opportunity as, as the congregation joins to sing to add my voice in praise to theirs. I used to watch, by the way, one of the ongoing debates we have is whether or not you ought to have the lights on or off in, in church. 
Um, I won't start there, okay, because that, that'll open another can of worms. But, but um, I remember because the lights are on, I can see people praising God, and I love that. And I remember about 15 years ago or so, maybe more like 20 years ago, we hadn't been in this building very long. Uh, I, I knew right where George Reed sat. Now, you'd have to be around here while I remember George Reed. George was a lifetime Roman Catholic. Uh, his daughter, Georgia, began coming here, and George would come to eat, um, eat, eat dinner on Wednesday nights and met a bunch of us. He'd, he'd come and eat and leave. On Sundays, he started coming late to church at Belle Isle. He'd come late because he was going to meet Georgia to go, his daughter, to go to lunch. And uh, so it, it was funny to watch him because he started coming earlier and earlier at the end of the service. It was just wonderful. It was like, what are they doing here? I'm not really sure. But he kept coming earlier and earlier. He met a lot of us on Wednesday night. And, uh, um, but I would watch George after he, after he accepted Christ kind of by faith. He, he kind of changed his old way of thinking. And I would watch him. He, was, he couldn't hear very well. And he was probably... 85, 88 years old, and he would put on one of those headsets that we had, you know? I guess we still got those. And just sing his little head off. And I wonder, I never got close enough to him to see what kind of a joyful noise he was making, but he was sure making one. That's how it ought to be, you know? Make a joyful noise. That's kind of the idea. Now, verse 6. Any dog lovers in here besides Sherman? Okay. All right. You're going to like this. You ready? Breath was the first sign of life. And it says here at the end of Psalm 150, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So if breath was the first sign of life, um, look at 103.22. Somebody beats me to it, read it. Bless the Lord, all you works of his. In all places of his dominion, bless the Lord, O my soul. If I read that right, what's your doggy's name, Ellie? Pulche. Pulche. I'm not even going there. Okay. (laughs) I just know you've got a puppy that you love. If breath was the first sight of life, and we're called here, let everything that has breath. Okay, by the way, if, you, if you're questioning or not whether or not my theology is straight, uh, get really close to your puppy, or I guess your kitty, if they'll let you get close. Smell their breath, and that's not a good thing. But it will remind you that they got some. Let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. Everything. This is broader than people only. This is the song of the whale. Heard that? That was even in a Star Trek movie, one of them, wasn't it? The song of the whale. That is, Ron, did the birds whistle? Wow. Definitely the birds whistle. Even the, uh, the disapproving wren who makes lots and lots of noise. Yeah, uh, we think that the wrens look like they just don't approve. But um, the lions roar. 
Could all that be more than what you and I think? Could all that be when, uh, if you live in the country and some uh, rooster wakes you up in the morning, could that be more than just a disturbance to your sleep? Could it be that the neighbor's dog that wakes you up in the morning, could it be that when they see the sun coming up over the, in the east, could it be that all of creation, everything that has breath, is praising God? It's commanded here. It sounds like it's part of creation, I think. So, what is most praiseworthy about God? What is most praiseworthy about his son? This is for more than you and me. The songwriter says it. If you were here on Wednesday night, you heard Pastor Bill talk about Isaac Watts. He gave us a great hymnology lesson Wednesday night. And he talked about Isaac Watts writing in the 1700s, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Their Lord's receiver king. And if you remember, it says on that stanza, let heaven and nature sing. Now, I uh, have picked up a, a, there's something about old books that you can read them six times and when you, on the sixth reading, it's like, man, I don't remember this being this good. And every time you read it, it just gets better. And I'm, I'm rereading. Um, if, you're, if you're in the realm of leadership of any kind, uh, my encouragement to you would be pick up a, a it's not a long book, uh, a book by Oswald Sanders called Spiritual Leadership. It's just the best thing. And I began to read that again. I was doing some, uh, uh, he was quoted in something I was studying this week. And so, and so I picked the book up and started reading it again. And at the end of one of the chapters, um, by the way, we miss Joe today, and hopefully next week when we get together, Joe will have a Christmas poem that we can, we can read together. God love that. But uh, at the end of one of his chapters, in a piece of more or less prose, here's what Sanders says. Because we children of Adam want to become great, he became small. Because we will not stoop, he humbled himself. Because we want to rule, he came to serve. Wow. Three little short stanzas of verse that have stuck with me and are going to guide me through my uh, celebrations and worship this season. God bless you. I'll see you next week. We'll hang out in Isaiah 9. Thank you for being here.